Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. So good to see you. Like I mentioned, we're in our Speaking Worlds message series. Who was here last week? Is anyone here last week? All right, cool. That was good last week, huh? You know, it might be time for a new Bible when you start getting these happening, huh? Um, last week was amazing. This is week two. We have been going through since last Monday our 28 days. I keep saying 21. Our 28 days of devotion. Have you been enjoying that? Yeah, today is day seven, and we're in Matthew chapter seven, and our scripture for today actually comes right out of our devotion for the day, so that works out, right? It was planned. It was planned. So if you got a Bible, go ahead and open to Matthew chapter seven. I'm going to jump there in one minute. Uh, as my beautiful wife mentioned, Pastor Carl is in Israel, um, and uh, he's seeing all the stuff we're reading about today, which is pretty cool. Pastor Tracy's visiting family, so keep them in your prayers as they come home this week. Um, but I'm thankful for them giving me the opportunity to continue the message series this morning. Who's excited about 2020? How's it been so far? Has it been good? Has it been good? I think it's going to keep getting better. I think it's going to keep getting better. Gooder and gooder and gooder. <laughs> Last week, we uh, handed out some declarations. Have you, has anybody been reading those? Those are good. We got some extra copies out in the lobby as you leave today. Don't forget to grab one. Um, I'm not going to say that. Okay, let's just get into our scripture here. I'm on an empty stomach and like three cups of coffee, so I'm ready. I'm ready to preach. Running on the Holy Ghost and caffeine. Hopefully I don't crash halfway through the message, but uh, let's just get straight into it, shall we? Matthew chapter 7. Now, this is Jesus talking, and uh, if you've been following along with us in our 28 Days of Devotion, you know right now, this is the Sermon on the Mount. We've gone several chapters of just red letters, and Jesus is preaching, preaching way better than I'm going to preach today, and he's going in, and we're here on Matthew chapter 7 is the last chapter in the Sermon on the Mount, and, uh, and, and, and starting in verse 7, it's a scripture, passage of scripture that we, uh, most of us probably know and probably heard taught before, and I'm hoping that today I can Teach it kind of from a different angle. Amen? Amen. So start in verse 7. It says, ask. Someone tell your neighbor, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek. Someone say, seek. And you will find, knock. Someone say, knock. And it will be open to you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks find. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there? There you go. What man is there among you? who when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he not give him a snake, will he? Mm. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Amen. Father, we just love you this morning. We thank you for your spirit in this place. We just rejoice as sons and daughters that we get to experience your presence all the time. That we don't just have a a book of rules or a dead religion, but we have a living God who is with us here even now. 
And we just celebrate that this morning. I just pray as we, as we go through this uh, scripture today that you would do what only you can do in hearts. That you would birth what only you can birth and that people, including myself, would leave change today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. You see, how many of you know that there are requirements on the promise of God? That every promise, every, every prophecy has a, re, has a requirement. That there is a role we play in God's promises, right? And I have found in, in, in my life um, that the, 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 the will, the good and perfect will of God in my life unfolds as I seek Jesus. Not necessarily the promise or the thing that I want, but him, the living God, right? Christ who came and is seated at the right hand of the Father, clothed in glory right now as I pursue him. That's what, and it's in that journey that I figure the rest of the stuff out, right? So as this scripture talks about asking, seeking, and knocking, we're not just pursuing the stuff. We're not just pursuing the promises. We're not just pursuing his will, but actually him who gave us the promise to begin with, right? You know, and, 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 and in, in my journey, in my walk with Jesus, I find that as I seek his heart, I give him permission to check my own. That as I seek the heart of Jesus, as I pursue his heart, in doing that, he, he takes that as I'm giving him full authority to check my heart and my motives. Does that make sense? And, and there's a couple things in this scripture here that I want to point out to you that, that I, as we're talking about seeking, knocking, and asking, and actually seeing fruit, right, and getting what we're, what we're chasing after in the Lord, that there's some requirements on that. You see, this, this little passage of scripture here, it's sandwiched right between two other passages of scripture that I want to point out to you. First, starting in Matthew chapter 7 here, Jesus says in verse 1, do not judge so that you will not be judged. And then in verse 3 he says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice that there is a log in your own eye? It says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Then the very next scripture is, ask and it will be given. See, Jesus addresses the issues of our heart before he says, ask and it will be given, knock and it will be open, seek and you will find. I wonder if he's trying to communicate something here. See, asking, seeking, and knocking doesn't mean we get to go around and just name it and claim it. I want this, I want that. In Jesus' name, I get this, I get that, right? Pastor talked about it last week, that, that just because some people have distorted good doctrine doesn't mean that there's not truth in the doctrine, right? Like, we don't dump out a whole doctrine because some people have got it wrong. And every single thing we read in, in, in this book, in this word, there's somebody out there screwing it up. There's somebody out there making it look bad, right? There, are, there is power in our words, there is power in our words, and Jesus is, gives us a guideline on how to speak so that our words have power. And the first thing he tells us to do is, hey, your heart has to be in the right place. If, if you have bitterness, judgment, offense in your heart, that may affect your fruitfulness when you're asking, seeking, and knocking. See, Jesus wants us to be effective. Someone say effective. 
So he kind of he just sets us up so that we can be effective, but we actually have to, have to look at the clues he's leaving us, right? See, immediately following this passage of Scripture, when Jesus says, how much more will your Father in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Verse 12 says this. It says, in everything, therefore, treat people in the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. First he says, hey, don't judge somebody until you can see clearly and actually have a pure heart towards them. Seek, knock, and ask, and you will find. Oh, by the way, treat people the way you want to be treated. Do you see how he's sandwiching the pursuit of his promises, the pursuit of his will, the declaration of what he's put on the inside us, how it's dependent on the state of our heart? We see this time and time again in Scripture. And as we go through verses today, I'm, I want to point out uh, other times where this happens. You see, James 4.3 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that may, you may spend it on your pleasures. He's interested in our motives. He's interested in the why. The second thing I would like to point out in this Scripture is that he's a father speaking to sons and daughters. That he's expecting us to already have that as our identity. Before we even go knocking. Before we even come asking. He's like, he says, uh, if, you, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more me? How much more do I know how to give good gifts to my children? He's speaking as a father to his children, saying, this is my, this is my desire for you. I have, a, I have good desires for you. Like, I actually want to bless you. Like, I actually want you to have a good life. I actually want you to have life and life more abundant. Yeah, look, let me tell you something this morning. God is not a tease. God is, he is not a tease. He's not interesting in making promises he can't keep. He's not telling us a bunch of good stuff just so that the church attendance is better. That's not who my daddy is. That's not who Father God is. Right? But we have to read scriptures like this in context. So we read it, and, and, and we see two things. Okay, what are my motives? Am, am, am I coming at this as a son? Am I coming at this as, as a son who has a relationship with his father? Or is, or is it just about the thing? Is it just about the, the thing I'm pursuing, right? In, in, in my own life, I've, I've seen this. When I make it about the thing and not the one who gives the thing, you don't get the thing. And if you do, it's not, it's not clean, and you can't carry it. Amen? See, oftentimes we think, excuse me, oftentimes we think that the asking, seeking, and knocking is like the 10%, and the giving, and the giving and receiving is... The 90%. We come 10, he comes 90, right? Oh, I, I asked. Oh, I knocked. I, I, I told God I needed that. He knows. It's actually the other way around. The asking, seeking, knocking is the 90%. The open doors, the receiving, the giving is the 10%. Because how many of you know it's that the seeking and the asking, that is actually our journey with God. That is our story. As sons and daughters of the king, we are called to live a life constantly pursuing him and that which he has spoken to us. 
that I, I live a life not of receiving, but of chasing the one who called me. Chasing the one who's captured my heart. Chasing the one who I've fallen in love with. That this is the actual journey. And we get, we get it in our heads that the destination, the destination is going to make everything better. Oh, when I get to this place, when I arrive there, when this happens in my life, then everything will be better. And, and we, we don't value the journey and the process with God. And I want to encourage you this morning to embrace the process, to embrace the journey, to embrace the seeking, the knocking, and the asking. It's in the seeking that we're developed. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I got to go to the UF game. That was fun. Um, Pastor Carl and I went. And it was funny because I didn't even know they were playing in Miami. I had no idea. I was watching ESPN that morning. And, uh, and, and they mentioned, oh, the, you know, there's a bowl game tonight in Miami. UF is playing. I was like, and I just had the thought. I just had the thought. I would love to go to that game. I didn't have any tickets to the game. I just had the thought, I would love to go to that game. That'd be so much fun. I just, that would be great, right? I, I, I'm a UF fan. I want to go to the game. An hour later, I get a phone call from someone said, two tickets to the game. Would you like to go? I said, you bet I would. I was just thinking that an hour ago. How, how many of you guys know that that's not the normal? Yeah. <laughs> that's not the normal. That that's the exception. That that's, that's the, that's the, that's the little, little things God does just to say, hey, man, I love you. I love you, but that's not the normal. The normal is I don't just think it and it happens. It's not even normal just to say it once and it happens. It's not normal just to knock once and it happens. That's the exception to the norm. The norm is I have to posture myself in a way where I'm constantly pursuing after the things of God, where I'm constantly pursuing that which he's placed on my heart. And I lay hold of that thing which Christ has laid hold of me for, right? That's what Paul talks about. I lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me so that I may see his glory and his kingdom come on the earth. But most, listen, the, the, the things in Christ that are truly treasures, they're the ones that we have to pursue the most. I wish it was as easy as I think it and it happens. I say it. And he does it. But how many of you know he's the God and we are not? And his ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That his plans sometimes have a little more steps and layers in between than we realize. <laughs> There's only one route to the promise of God. Do any of you guys remember being younger? Like, I'm talking elementary school, middle school, and you come home from school at the end of the day, and you, you get home, and, like, all you want is a snack in your favorite cartoon. Yeah. I want a snack. I want, I want some gummy bears. A Pop-Tart. Uh, you know, I remember some of the cartoons I used to watch growing up. They don't play them anymore. Those were good cartoons. I like those cartoons. What was theirs? Uh, Cat Dog, I watched Cat Dog growing up. Rocco's Modern Life, uh, Ren and Stimpy. I'm, I'm, I, 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 those, are, those are good cartoons, man. The cartoons the kids watch today, I don't even, they watch like, my son, I, I came home from work the other day, he's, got, he's, he's, he's watching a, a video and I'm like, what are you watching? He's watching, he's watching um, 
truck unboxing, like the little, little trucks that you get at the toy store. He's watching the guys unbox them. I'm like, what is this? Like, what are you watching, dude? I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, I'm like, how old are you? And like, you know, and things got like 50 million views. I'm like, what? This is crazy. You can watch, you can watch some, some art, some real cartoons. Anyways, so, so how many of you have been there where you get home and you're like, yeah, it's, it's, time, to, it's time to chill, right? And, uh, and you go into your backpack and you don't have your house key. So you go around the back door, you're like, oh, mom, please, please, I hope you left the back door open. Please. No! You go around, like, garage, bathroom window. And, and you know the garage door code is broken, right? It's been broken. And it's just like, dang it. Call, mom, when you getting home? Yeah, I'm, couple hours. Running errands. What do you do? You go to your neighbor's house, call your buddy, you know, you wait, right? But you come back home because you live there. At some point, mom and dad are going to come open the door, right? See, we approach the promises of God. And we get to the door and we knock a couple times and it doesn't get open and we leave. You don't leave a closed door when you believe you're called to live on the other side of it. See, the problem is that all, all, the, all, the, all, the, all the free places to sleep are free. They don't cost you anything. We leave, we leave the closed doors that God, when God has promised us something on the other side of this door, and, we, and we, we knock a couple times and we leave. As if this scripture says how many times we have to ask. As if this scripture says how many times we have to knock. It, it doesn't say how many times. It says ask, and it will be given. Ask. And it will be given. But most things are not like that UF game. They, 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 they require a little more character. They re require a little more faith. They require us to actually partner with God by speaking and declaring his will in our life. Look, I don't know what the injustice is in your life today. But anything that does not line up with the will of God in your life is an injustice. And I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of injustice in my life. Come on, one claps, we all clap. I am sick and tired of injustice in my life. I'm sick and tired of seeing injustice in the lives of believers. Seeing less than what God has promised. And I don't blame me. You shouldn't blame you. I, sure, I, sh I surely don't blame God. But I, we do have a, a role to play and a choice to make. That when we believe that God has actually empowered us to see the breakthrough, to cause the breakthrough that we want to see, we just make a commitment. And I'm going to partner with you, Jesus, Amen. in this thing. I'm not going to put a, my own timeline on it. I'm just going to trust you in the yeah. process. Amen. And, but we have to make that commitment first and foremost. I am with, Jesus, I believe you. Come on, I, I believe what you've spoken. I receive it with gladness. And I'm going to de declare it out into the atmosphere because when we declare God's will, when we speak and partner with him, come on, when we use one of the most powerful tools he's given us, which is our mouth, we know that the power of life and death is in our words, right? We talked about that last week. 
we, we do it for two reasons. You ready for taking notes today? I want you to write this down. Number one, be quiet, computer. Number one is to align our mind, will, and emotions with his will. I'm going to speak and declare it sometimes before I believe it because I need what's in me to line up with what he's speaking to me. I need what's in me to line up with what he's speaking to me. Come on, sometimes I just need this and this to connect with what God is doing in my life. And when we speak his will out loud, you know, know, just just choosing, man, even if you don't believe, even if you're at a place where you're having a hard time believing for better, even if the in- injustice in your life is something, something that you have, have just said, okay, this is, this is just something I have to live with. Maybe, maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you have a vision to see a business come to pass, and you've tried, and it has failed more than once. And you're like, I've, I've just, I've, I have settled. This is not something I'm going to do but you know good and well that that's not the will of God. Just opening your mouth, even when you don't believe it, God calls that faith. Amen. Just opening your mouth, even when you don't believe it, God calls that faith. And you may feel like, I don't, I don't have any faith for this thing. Open your mouth. Start to speak it and declare it. We make the choice to use our mouth. He gives the grace for faith. I can't force faith to happen. I can't pray in tongues really, really, really hard and muster up faith. Faith is the grace given by God. It's a grace of God. He gives the faith. All All I do is choose to use what he's given me. To force all this happening here to line up with his will. Amen? The second reason we speak and declare is to align the world around us with his will. I need what's in me to line up with what God has spoken, and I need what's around me to line up with what God has spoken. It starts in you first. It starts in you first. The Bible says it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. It's out of the abundance of the heart. That, that word abundance means the thing you are filled with the most. Whatever you are filled with the most, those are the seeds you're going to plant in your life. You, you are planting seeds with your words whether you know it or not. And that which you are filled with the most is going to bear fruit in your life. I had a vision Friday night. I didn't share this in first service. I, I meant to. I wish I had. But I had a vision Friday night. The Lord just reminded me of. And what I saw was people walking down streets. And what they were, they were, they were streets that you travel every day. You know how you take the same roads to work every day? You take the same roads to your favorite lunch spot. You take the same roads back home. The roads that we travel down Monday through Friday, we frequent often. And I saw these roads in our life that we travel, that we travel down. And what I saw was as we travel down these roads of life, I saw our words changing the contour of the road. 
I saw our words changing the contour of the road, and what I saw was peaks and valleys forming behind us. And as we spoke the word, word of God, as we declared truth, it formed peaks. But as we sowed doubt and discouragement, they, it formed valleys. And maybe the ups and downs that you're living on right now are, were created by your own words. Is it possible that the peaks and valleys you're experiencing in your life today were formed by what you spoke yesterday? See, the key. Does everyone, do, you, do you believe your words are powerful? Who in here believes their words are powerful? Yeah. I, I, I do too. And if we believe it, then we have to be intentional with it. Because when we're not intentional, all, all we get is whatever comes easy. If I believe that my words shape my world, then the world that I'm going to live in is whatever's most convenient that day. Or yesterday, rather. Does that make sense? And if we're going to be intentional, we have to be specific. We have to be specific. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Number one, we need to be specific as we declare the will of God in our life. Amen. I'm feeling good. Are you guys feeling good? Yeah. I'm happy. I'm hungry, though. Just... Next time I preach, can you remind me to eat breakfast? Thank you. I got to eat breakfast. It's a simple thing. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 11. Love me some Jesus this morning. What's that? Not, not by bread. Wait. Never mind. She's, Tava's trying to distract me. Brandon, can we take that off the podcast? People interjecting in my message. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Pastor talked about this last week. says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. That's good, right? God spoke to me last week. I like when that happens, when Pastor was reading the scripture. And I saw a couple things that I want to point out to you. First and foremost, Jesus identifies who or what he's talking to. What does he do? He says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Someone say this mountain. mountain. See, he identifies who he is talking to. He identifies what he is talking to. Listen, I don't know what the injustice is in your life. I don't know what the thing is that's not lining up with God's will. I don't know what the mountain is in your life. But I'll tell you what, church, you need to identify it. You need to look at it. And when you speak God's will, you need to talk to it. And the next thing you need to do is you need to give it action. Give it an assignment. What does he say? Be taken up. The first thing we need to do is we need to know who or what we're talking to. The next thing we need to do is we need to give it an assignment. You, mountain, you, my finances, you are going to do this. Identify who or what I'm talking to, and then I tell it what to do. And the last thing Jesus does he says, and be cast into the sea. See, he identifies who's he's, who he's talking to. 
He gives it an assignment. And then he says, this is what the end result is going to be. This is why I'm talking to you in the first place. This is what I want to actually accomplish. This is what I actually want to accomplish. So many times we have these mountains in our life and, and all we're able to muster is, Jesus, can you please help me with my bills? Thank you. Like you haven't actually told anything to do anything. Like what, what is the change you want to see? Jesus, help me in my career. Jesus, help, help me in my business. Those are, those are good. That's a good starting place. That's a, go, go to, go to, you know how many times I go to God? Jesus, just help me. But you, you stay in the presence long enough, he's going to change the help me to, hey, you mountain, go be cast into the sea. Like that's, like that's where we want to get to. An example of this, let's say you're in a situation, you need to buy a home. I was in a situation in 2018, I needed to buy a home. We were renting a house. The house was in foreclosure. I needed to buy a home. Here's an example of something that you can pray or declare in that situation. Can you throw that up there? It says, I command. Who are we talking to? My finances. I command my finances to do what? Prosper. That's the action or the assignment. So that my family can buy a home. That's the end result. Number one, identify. Talking to my finances. You, monies, listen to me. All my monies. My money in my bank account, money is in my credit card, cash in my top drawer. Listen, I'm, I'm talking to you. I want you to know I'm talking to you. Finances, I'm talking to you. Guess what I'm telling you to do? More. I need more of you. Right? Like, I need you to prosper. I am telling you now to increase. Do it now. You're going the wrong way. Stop going down. Start going up. Right? I am telling you what to do. Why am I telling you to do this, money? Because we need to buy a house. So you're going to increase. And this is what the result of your increase was, is going to be. The Bible says that I pray you prosper as your soul prospers. It takes a prosperous soul to expect results when we declare God's word. Your expectation is actually evidence that your soul is prospering. That's right. Your expectation is actually evidence that your soul is prospering. You feel with doubt and unbelief? Man, you need your soul to prosper. How do I get my soul to prosper? Get around some people who are prospering in their soul. I'm not, I'm not talking about rich people. I'm talking about people who love Jesus, whose soul are, is prospering. They're filled with joy, filled with life, filled with expectation. I know a lot of people with, with, with money, and that's all they got. The, the, the promise of God is so much more than money in your life. You see, we see here in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, when Jesus is talking, he, sa he says, he says if, if you ask for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you being, it, says, it says, if you ask for a fish, you give him a snake. If, if your son asks for a loaf, will you give him a stone? 
Jesus tells us right here in this verse that we need to be specific with what we're asking. Because he's letting you know, hey, if you ask me for this, I'm not going to give you. If you ask me for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. Yeah. If you ask me for fish, I'm not going to give you a, a snake. Look, God does not promise to fulfill all the lustful desires of our heart. He does not promise that. But what he does promise is to give good gifts to his children. He promises that. And you want to know the, the, the thing about sons and daughters? The, th- the thing about the spirit of sonship? is you are not afraid to ask for exactly what you want. You know it's, the or, it's an orphan spirit that is afraid to be specific with what you want, with what you're asking for, because you don't believe that you actually are worth it. You don't believe you're actually going to receive it, so you do not ask specifically for what you need. If you believe you're going to get it, you're going you're gonna to ask for what you want. I tell people, single people who are praying for a spouse, write down the specifics. Write, write, write down, write down uh, you, how you want their character to be. What you want them to look like. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you're praying for a spouse, write, write, write it down. You're looking for a home, you're trying to buy a house, write down how many bedrooms you want the house to have. Right? Come on, write. Man, when, I was, when, I, when I was praying for a house, I, I, I wrote down how many trees I wanted in the yard. My house has that many trees in the yard. That's real. This stuff is real to me. Number two, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Be persistent. The Bible tells us to seek, knock, and ask, but does not tell us how many times. Because it's a lifestyle of partnering with him. The only, only time we're concerned with how many times we have to ask is when it's more about us than it is about him. It's all for his glory anyway. It's all for his glory anyway. Proverbs 25, 2 says this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. Do I have any royalty in the house today? Okay, a few. You are royalty. You are royalty. What else would being a son and a daughter of a king make you? If the son and a daughter of, of a king were afraid to tell the king what they, what they needed, that'd be weird. Like, your dad's the king. Right? Listen, persistence is, is different than, and I apologize, I'm drinking lots of water today. I've had a cold this week, and I'm just kind of a little hoarse, so. Forgive me, but um, <clears throat> per- persistence is, is different than being, being consistent. See, when you're consistent, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's about you're, you're faithful, right? You, it's something you do over and over again. It's, it's repetition. It's, it's I'm consistent in this thing. I'm, I'm, 
You can count on me. Persistence is, is, is different in that it's you being consistent, but in the face of adversity. See, what persistence is, it's continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Like, like, like when we look at the injustice in our life, you have to be persistent because it does not want to move. You have to know that the mountains in our life do not want to move. Listen, I don't know if it's a, it's a report from the doctor. I don't know if it's a sick family member. I don't know if it's your finances or your marriage or your career or your health. But you have to be persistent with the promises of God because the mountains in your life do not want to move. The enemy is not interested in giving you land that you were called to own. And the easiest way he can prevent you from owning it is discourage you from speaking out God's will in your life. About five years ago, I went on a health journey. Um, in 2015, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, you need, to, you, need to, you need to lose some weight. I was like, Lord, I'm so pretty. <laughs> um, in actuality, I, I hated how I looked. I was 246 pounds. I um, had chronic heartburn. I took heartburn medicine every day just to sleep. If you have heartburn before, you know at, at, at night it's the worst, and it'll stop you from sleeping. Um, I was lethargic. I was 25 years old. I lived on the second floor of a, of a, a townhouse, and every time I would walk up and unlock the door, I'd be out of breath and have to sit down. How many of you guys know that's not any way to live? And that, that is an injustice. And God spoke to me and said, you need to lose weight. And, and, um, and, and after grumbling for a few weeks, um, I, f I finally um, said, okay, Lord, like, I, I, I want to lose weight. Like, I want to get healthy, right? Like, I want to be healthy. I want to live a long time. But I'm going to need your help because this is, I feel like I've too far gone, right? So um, um, I actually just said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I believe that you're with me in it. And because I believe God, I went and did something about it, and I put my running shoes on and went for a run. How many, how many of you know when you believe what God has spoken in your life, you're going to do something about it? So I put my running shoes on, I go for a run, and I'm probably two football fields away from my house, half dead, hands on my knees, out of breath, like, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. You know you're out of shape when you start to sweat and your whole body gets itchy. <laughs> Let me tell you something, that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. So it, I've, I, I'm running around my neighborhood, mostly walking, but, you know, running. Um, and and I, I, start, I, I start to get mad. But it was like a, like a holy anger. Does that make sense? It was like I started to get mad at this injustice in my life. Like this is not who you are supposed to be. This is not how you are called to live. This is not okay. And you know what I started to do? In my half-run walk, little one trip around my mile-and-a-half neighborhood, I started to just declare what God has spoken to me. You will lose weight in Jesus' name. And I started to speak to my body. I said, you're going to line up with the will of God. I started to speak to my health and said, no more heartburn. 
you have to go. I started to speak to my lethargy. I said, this is not okay in my life. And I started to prophesy over my future. I said, you will run with your children. So you will run circles around your children. See, Sarah was pregnant with our first, and it was a son. And I was, I was actually afraid of what was my relationship going to be like with him if I couldn't run and move and, and throw a football. And I started to speak it out. And something happens when you speak out and declare the will of God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, I, 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 it's like you create an anchor in the spirit. It's like you create an anchor point in the spirit. And even when you drift from it and get distracted, it's like a dog tied to a, a, a leash around a tree. And the dog tries to run, but it gets pulled back, right? And, and something happened that day. Something shifted in me. And over the last five years, I've lost 76 pounds. I am the healthiest I've been, I think, ever Hallelujah. in my life. Hallelujah. Look, when, when you start to believe what God has spoken, God, 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 God's got you. Amen. And you may get distracted along the way, and you may, you may backslide a little bit, but you've created an anchor point. You will come back to God's will. You need to be persistent with it. It... it it's not important what I did to get here. What's important is that I partnered with God. Amen. My journey is not, not, not your journey. Your journey is not your neighbor's journey. God's going to help you find something that works for you. Specifically, if you're where I was and your health, just trust God in the process. You're gonna, you'll, you'll figure it out. Amen? Amen? We, but we need to be persistent. I want you to write this down today. God has given you the power to see the injustice in your life bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Nobody else. He's given it to you. Jesus came. Man, when Jesus came, it disrupted the whole system. The mountain that Jesus moved was the biggest mountain of all. The father was sitting in heaven and said, this injustice. My sons and daughters are bound and going to hell. I refuse to live with. And Jesus came and spoke a better word. And he moved the most unmovable mountain when he conquered sin on the cross and death in the grave. And now he says, hey. I came and I, I messed the whole thing up. I messed the devil's plans up. And guess what? The same power I walked in, you now walk in. And when you speak and declare the word of God, you, you, you shape the landscape. Not just of your life, but in people's lives around you. You can shape the landscape of your church, your city. You can shape the landscape of your business. How did we all get saved? Someone preached the gospel. Someone, brought, someone spoke it out. Someone spoke it out, and those words changed our life. And maybe you are not saved today. Maybe you're away from Jesus. Maybe, maybe you were saved once, but you're backsliding. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to get right with Jesus at the end of service.
real quick, I'm going to wrap up with a couple quick things. I want you to write this down. Choosing to believe your words, have power, means forfeiting your right to be a victim. It doesn't mean you're never going to be disappointed. But I'll tell you what, if you put your hope in Jesus, you'll be a lot less disappointed. Because he is the reward. And when you get that he is actually the reward, it's so much easier to partner with him in all these other things. He is such a good God. My last point today, I want you to write this down. Be hopeful. As we speak and declare the word of God, we need to be specific, we need to be persistent, and we need to be hopeful. Because as we've talked about, not everything is like that UF game. Some things, the things that, although I love going to the UF game, really matter, require a little bit more. What's the, what's the Hebrew word? Svitzpah? Svitzpah. Is that, is that the Yiddish? Anyways, I'm getting off track. Sorry, don't mean to get off track here. Do I have a musician out there? Oh, there's Mike. Hey, Mike. See, hope defeats discouragement. It's the atmosphere in which faith is born. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. Would you stand with me this morning? And uh, Tech team, you don't have to put this next scripture up. I'm just going to summarize it real quick. And in Matthew chapter 8, um, after the Sermon on the Mount, after Jesus is finished talking about asking, seeking, knocking, the Bible says that in, in Matthew chapter 8, 5, that he was entering Capernaum and a centurion, a centurion man came to him and he said, Lord, my servant is paralyzed and at home and fully tormented. And Jesus responded to him and said, I will come and heal him. But listen what the, the man says to him. He, said, he turns back to Jesus and he says to Jesus, he says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another come and he comes, and to my slave do this and he does it. Now Jesus heard this. He marveled and said to those who were following, truly I say to you I have not heard or found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And Jesus said to the centurion in verse 13, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Jesus walks in some authority. Jesus walks in some authority. The words of Jesus are powerful. Don't get discouraged in the journey, friends. Partner with the King of Heaven. Because he wants you to shape the landscape of your life, 
of your family's life, of Boca Raton, of South Florida. Come on, the injustice, you know exactly what it is, the things that do not line up. We've got to get that holy anger where this is not okay anymore in my life. Where we refuse to settle for less. Put your hope in Jesus, church. Can I get my ministry team to come up? Now listen, like every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're away from Jesus this morning, if you've never given him your life, if you've never met the one who conquered sin on the cross and, and death in the grave, or maybe you just, you're just away from him and you, you need to get back home, you need to get back home, that you've walked away from that, that door of salvation. If that's you this morning and you'd like to just give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus, I'd just like you to put your hand up and down real quick. Okay, I see you. I see you. Put your hand up and down real quick. I see you. Jesus is calling out to you this morning and he's just saying it's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a new day. Now, if you raise your hand and, and that's you this morning, I want you to be brave. I want you to be brave. I'm about to hand the mic over to my beautiful wife and she's gonna dismiss everybody. And as soon as I do that, I want you to come forward and get prayer. And these people up here at the front are gonna pray with you a life-changing prayer of salvation. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for your time today. God bless you and uh, welcome up my wife. Amen. Let's give it up for the word this morning. That was a really good word. If you need prayer this morning, our altar team, the altar is open. We would, we would love to pray with you. If, you. if you said, yes, I want to follow God this morning, don't be afraid and come forward and get prayer. Amen. Um, guys, Life Group is starting in a couple weeks. So if you have not signed up, we still have a few groups open. So on your way out, you can go ahead and check that table, sign up for a Life Group. There's also the declaration pages that we had last week. There's still a few left. If you didn't grab one or you lost it, you can get another one. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, guys. We're so happy you came and joined us this morning. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time. Have a great week, guys.